0: Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of Partner Perspectives, the CX Partner Success Podcast Series, where we talk to industry experts, Cisco leaders, and of course, our Cisco partners. Today, we have a great guest with us, a good friend of mine from from, uh, years at Cisco together is Darren Shelton. He leads an effort within Cisco with our partners to kind of realign them to our, our new selling motions, our new programs, and how to really be efficient with how they're taking uh, their services and our products and services to market. Uh, Darren,
1: welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Scott, thanks for having me. Appreciate the time.
0: We always talk about these are conversations with friends of mine from Cisco for years, and we truly have been working together for the last 10, 12 years. I know who Darren Shelton is, but can you give the audience kind of an idea of what you've done where you've come from and and where you are today.
1: Yeah, sounds good, Scott. So, for 17 years I've worked here at Cisco. My anniversary at Cisco is actually Monday, October 2nd. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. appreciate that. And I've since your card. Exactly. And the entire time has been spent in the partner organization. And so for the last three years, I have moved over to global sales to work on this selling initiative. But those previous 14 years have all been in um, the partner world. And then even previous to Cisco, I was at, uh, at Cisco Partners for the previous two roles. So my entire uh, career in IT has been wrapped around the Cisco partner.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, and I failed to mention a few minutes ago, kind of your title is Global Leader of Cisco End-to-End selling methods for partners, which is a mouthful for us, but that's what we do at Cisco. Um, But before we we get into you telling us what that really is, I kind of want to reemphasize as everyone listening, and I think a lot of people who are listening is going to know who you are because you've been in the channel for us for a long time. But you've been in direct partner support from services and software forever at Cisco. So you've been with them, you know their profitability models, you know how they take things to market, you know how they get aligned with Cisco. So you really do bring a lot of great experience to this new role you have.
1: Yeah, that experience you just mentioned is probably the reason that I got the tap on the shoulder three years ago to go join global yeah. sales to talk about or to, to help the company with this new sales transformation that our sales teams are going through. Um, but specifically in that transformation, I look after the partner experience for that. So even though, you know, my paycheck gets paid by global sales, I still wrap hundred percent of my work week around the partner and looking after their experience in our go-to-market sales motion.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So let's, uh, let's just back up for a second. So I gave you the mouthful of what your title was, uh, leader of Cisco end-to-end selling methods for partners. Tell me what that is. Yeah, so
1: let's first just talk about the um, the end-to-end selling method that Cisco is is transforming our sales culture and behavior changes and all the way that our sellers show up. Let's talk about that for a minute. And then what I really want to get to is I want to get to how do our partners participate in this thing, because it's great. And so let's just start with the uh, end-to-end selling method. It's made up of four pillars and, and any good selling method has a way that we want to become more intimate with our customers and our territory. So we've got a, um, a set of tools that are internally based that allow us to measure our customer intimacy, basically. That's one pillar. And then second, we needed a better way to manage our opportunities and our forecast and our pipeline. And we needed to be more strict around that. So when you combine... Um, A new series of questions that we're asking our sellers to gather from their customers along with some sales stage changes, that's what Pillar 2 is all about. Cleaning up our forecast and making it um, a lot more efficient for our leadership. Um, Pillar 3 is our new customer engagement model. Um, This is how we approach our customers and show up differently in front of them. We talk about their business outcomes as opposed to our product pitches. This is the one where partners can really uh, jump in, jump in with us, and you may have even heard this referred to as lifecycle selling. That's pillar three.
0: Lifecycle selling—that's been that's been an initiative you've been driving for a little while now, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: So lifecycle selling now—the thing you've heard me talk about in the past—that is officially now our go-to-market customer engagement model, and is a part of this end-to-end selling method. And so then, that's pillar three. Pillar four is our think about our first line managers we have at Cisco and their ability to coach their teams on this new method, right? So as opposed to, um, and this is shocking for those of you that have been around Cisco for a long time, but no longer are we going to have our first line managers, uh, in the field, just talk about commit and upside, like bookings. What are you bringing <laughs> me lately? Right. We're actually changing yeah. our rituals and two out of the four weeks a month, aren't going to be talking, we're not going to be talking about, you know, commit an upside. We're actually going to be talking about life cycle and where our customers are on that life cycle. Do we have a plan and adoption and consumption plan for all of our opportunities? We got to start caring about those things.
0: So, so this is awesome, right? So when I hear those four pillars, um, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is discipline, right? So we're talking about the discipline around tools, uh, around the pipeline management, um, focusing on outcomes and, and the life cycle selling. And then the last one is incredibly big for us, right? Our leaders are are not just trying to ring the cash register with the, the commit every week. They're spending a lifetime
1: focusing on where are the, are the customers in the specific life cycle stages, right? Yeah, exactly. And so if nothing else, it should demonstrate Cisco's commitment to this new world. And so partners should have some confidence that, hey, wait, we've got – the highest levels of commitment from Cisco's sales organization. So absolutely, we should get wrapped around in this too.
0: Yeah, I mean, so think about, you know, three, four, five years ago when we were bringing you you guys in the field some new stuff around global customer success or partner success, and now we call it CX. Partners were always a little bit skeptical because uh, Cisco wasn't, Uh, what's the word, eating their own dog food, or they weren't, uh, you know, using their own tools
1: or, or, or they weren't toeing the line. Now we really are, right? Yeah. You've brought up a really good point. A lot of the work that we've done um, for partners has been on the right side of that famous racetrack, right? When it comes to adoption practices and building, you know, customer success practices, right? Let's think about what we've done so far. We've helped our partners um, build the practices We've got people in place to do that. We've got certifications and specializations around CX and customer success. We've got incentive programs for partners, but all of that stuff is focused on the right side of the racetrack. And I would argue that we could help partners build the best customer success organization on the planet. If their sales teams don't know how to articulate the value of customer success and don't bring them in early enough, who cares how good they are at customer success? It's all about that connection to sales. So um, maybe that's a good, because you brought up a great point like
0: you usually do is is alignment, right? I mean, so we're talking about you got to be in the process early. You got to be aligned to Cisco. We got to know who's calling for the ball on how we're, we're going to deliver customer customer success through whether it's Cisco or the partner. Talk to me about how this new process and this new model we're doing helps with that and how our partners
1: are, are benefiting because Alignment has always been a huge issue for us. Yeah, customer field engagement and alignment has been something that partners have always begged us for. And in my opinion, there has been no better time in history to be a partner than right now. Because in my 17 years, like I mentioned, I've never seen Cisco so open with an invitation to invite partners in early to specifically talk about their differentiated services that are going to drive customer outcomes. This is what we've been begging for. We've been begging for um, early engagement, not this old method where we would race to a booking, throw it over the fence for our partners to start executing on. Now our partners have an equal seat at the table and we need their opinion early and uh, as, a, as an equal stakeholder.
0: Yeah, I know we got some other stuff to talk about. And we'll, we'll get there in a second because um, we really want to get deep into this. But let me let me just go back to that, too, because you talked about Cisco's open to our partners aligning to deliver their, their partner CX motion, right? So whatever that is, whether it's, whether it's a CSM or some, some additional partner branded services, we have roles in Cisco, right? That do the same thing, but we're aligning those roles with the partner now in kind of a, uh, cooperative method or, or are we, is it one or the other? Or do we, do we go to market with both? Yeah, of Yeah, we
1: go to market with both of them. But what we're doing here with this new selling method is, is when we talk about early engagement and early alignment, one of the things we want sales teams to do on our side and on the partner side is to have an opinion on, Hey, for this opportunity, who should be the one to drive adoption? Like moving that conversation yeah. that we typically had after we booked the deal and moving that into the sales cycle so that sellers have an opinion on who's going to drive adoption and what kind of experience does my customer require? Is it self-serve all digital or do they need a high touch service? If, if, if a customer needs a high touch experience and we don't have a CSE on the account, well, we need our partner to be there and to assign a CSM in order to fill what that customer needs.
0: Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that again. Also what you said about we got to have an opinion, right? Because in the past, um, maybe it was a checkbox. Maybe it was a, um, there wasn't a lot of conversation about it is my point. Now we're actually having conversations. People have opinions on what's best for the customer versus, versus um, maybe some egos get in the way of who thinks, who thinks they should own what, right? So the opinions is a big point.
1: Yeah, not only not only the opinions about who should drive customer success, but also there's a couple of other topics where we want sales to get involved in. And and this is kind of what I mean when I say that all really lifecycle selling is, is bringing three conversations that we would typically have after we booked a deal and bringing those into the sales cycle so that sellers do have an opinion. So not only do we need to figure out, okay who's going to drive adoption for this opportunity, but what are those business outcomes that the customer requires? in order for us to drive that adoption. That's another one. Um, And then let's face it, services are what drive outcomes, right? There's not a product on the planet that drives an outcome on itself. So we have to have this rich services discussion upfront too. Yeah.
0: Um, You mentioned in some of our accounts, there are no CSEs. We got to make sure we fully have a partner aligned to that. But in a lot of our accounts, there are CSEs there
1: are partners and they're working together on how we deliver the outcomes to the customer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the tools that we have to help partners and our Cisco sales teams document these three conversations I've been talking about is called the digital <laughs> lifecycle selling experience. And in that um, application. It just sets up as a framework to, you know, document what are the uh, outcomes the customers looking for. What are those services needed? But the, the customer facing output that gets generated from the digital lifecycle selling experience (DLSE) is called a responsibility yep. matrix. And so, whether there's a CSE on the account or not, this thing sets up as a great customer facing document that says. We're going to do these particular service functions. The partner's going to do these and the customer's going to maintain this set of functions. If we can all three, the, us, the partner and the customer get aligned on that before we even propose anything. That's when we're really off and cooking. Yeah, I think that's the biggest piece. and I keep
0: driving on that alignment piece, right? Because in the past there was the, the alignment wasn't there. So it was uh, when, when we don't inspect what you expect. And there's a lot of balls being dropped, right? All right. So we've talked about these new selling methods uh, within Cisco. um, And we've talked about the need for our partners to align to this and, and, and to participate.
1: Now's the, uh, the softball question for you, right? How do they do it? How do partners get involved with it? Yeah, so thanks for asking that question. It's pretty simple. Pillar 3 is designed as our customer engagement model. And I just mentioned the DLSE, the Digital Lifecycle Selling Experience. That application is fully open to our partners. Um, they access it through PXP. Our sales teams access it through their salesforce.com opportunity record. Think of those as two front doors, though. So that once you're in the front door, you're in the exact same house. So never before has Cisco launched an application where sellers could actually collaborate on an opportunity in in real time.
0: Sellers come in from our internal
1: system, partners come in through PXP, but they're in the same exactly, And they can see the changes that each are making about the opportunity and those changes they would make are, you know, aligning on the outcomes, aligning on the services, and aligning on the roles and responsibilities on who's going to do what for this opportunity. We do that, right? Together, we get on the same page. That way, when we go to the customer, we look, we're looking like we're a united front and we have a recommended approach to the particular opportunity as opposed to two separate and parallel sales motions, right? Like, let's make this one sales motion and truly partner.
0: So, new sell, uh, So one sales motion to the customer that includes both Cisco and the partner And I'm imagining it's not just the Cisco AM and and the you know the partner account manager. It's a it's a there's a lot of, a lot of different roles that participate
1: in, in this, uh, this event, right? It's not just two, three people. Yeah. Another good pickup. Yeah, exactly. In the past in the legacy motion, right. Our account teams yeah. would look like a hero if they were able to take an opportunity from start to finish right. without bringing anybody in, right? Like that's the old right. motion. Now, yeah. the thing yep. that I think you saw probably at impact is it's a team sport now. And so, First thing is you got a lot of roles and responsibilities that can help provide input into your deal as you're aligning, right? This early engagement. So yeah, we can see, um, engineering roles, solution architects, CX, service sellers, software sellers, whoever they write. And then obviously our partners are a big stakeholder, whoever, um, Uh, has any input whatsoever, that's who we want to take it. And and I don't want this to seem cumbersome, right? This doesn't have to be a meeting with 20 people in. I suppose it could be on a strategic opportunity. But what the end-to-end selling team thinks is that about 65% of the time, we should be able to use the DLSE and just digitally align where you don't even have a meeting. You're just looking at this tool and passing it around to the stakeholders to provide their input. And then maybe 35% of the time, the opportunity is important or strategic enough where we get in a room. So,
0: let me. yeah, that's a great stat, right? I mean, you know how much I love statistics because 70% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Um, I've been using that joke forever. Nobody likes I, it anymore. I made that up last um, week,
1: so it's actually kind of not on the spot.
0: Yeah. Just kidding. So, 65% is handled digitally. Is that, is that kind of holding true? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. So let, let's just say, I, I would like to advocate that every single time a partner knows ahead of time that they want to drive the adoption for the opportunity, then they should also be the one to drive alignment. And so therefore they should get their internal team aligned and they can do that digitally, right? A a CX yep. person can share it inside the tool with their engineering team, with their sales teams and, Whoever they want to, and then they get all aligned, and then they share it with Cisco. That absolutely happens all the time. Digital alignment. That's awesome. So,
0: let's talk about the success of this now. So, talk to me how long it's been in place, and how many partners are actually participating in this now. And is it just our big partners? Are we talking down to some of our regional partners? Help me kind of understand how how the
1: reach has happened for for this new program. Yeah, great question. So when we take when we talk about E-to-E selling method, three of the four pillars, one, two, and four, the ones that apply actually least to our partners at this current time have just been launched yep. at Cisco Impact. Pillar right. three, the customer engagement model or lifecycle selling, that was actually available um, uh, almost a year ago. So November, a year ago, we're, we're, was the time when partners could start participating uh, in the customer engagement model. And as of today, we have over 100 partners actively um, using the digital lifecycle experience to create what we call a responsibility a responsibility matrix. That's the customer facing output. And those partners are all over the map from service providers to the regional players that, um, we all know and love to all the usual suspects, the big ones. I think what's important is to, um, is to do what I said in that any partner that wants to drive adoption, right? So if you've got a CX practice or an advanced CX specialization, you're probably going to want to get involved with this because I can't think of a better way to sell your services or monetize your CX practice than by going through this motion.
0: So let me, let me bring this back to the customer because in all this, the most important part of this is the customer's experience. That's why we're called CX, right? But what are customers saying about this new process? Have we, has it been in, in, in place? I mean, the Pillar 3 the, has been around for a year, you said, but the other, other things have just come out. But what's been the, what's been the response from our
1: customers? On? Yeah, so one we'll thing to the that's – that's another here, great question, Scott. So one thing that's unanimous is that our customers love this. They loved to be talked to about how we're going to do this. Not just what is on a bomb, what are we selling, but how are we going to make them successful meeting their outcomes? When we put a responsibility matrix, which again, that's the customer facing output of the DLSE in front of them, they lean forward, right? They get on their elbows. They want to talk about the how. And so, you know, from a customer standpoint, this is how they want to be talked to. It, uh Forrester did some research that says eight out of 10 sales calls are still done with a product pitch. Customers don't want product <laughs> pitch. They yeah. want to be understood.
0: What level of investment from our customers is there for this type of work? I mean... I know I'm kind of leading the witness. Here. I know the answer to this, but to help everybody understand, they've got to have some input to this too. They've got to be responsive, but with the cooperation and 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 kind of the collaboration of Cisco and the partner going as one team, one one sales process, I would assume partners, as you said, are leaning in more and more now, right? Yeah, partners are
1: definitely... I'm sorry, customers are leaning yeah, in more b- and more. Yeah, uh, both, right? Partners are definitely leaning in because this is all for the benefit of the customer. Um, the customers are... Um, uh, responsive to the motion, right? They they like being talked to in this way. They um, if nothing else, it's eye-opening for them because there's a set of, let's face it, there, there's a set of activities that have to be done, no matter what the architecture or technology is, right? From planning through transition into service through, you know, management support optimization of the project. The customers got a yeah. lot to contemplate, so it helps the customer when we put names in boxes for who's actually going to deliver on each of those elements. And if that's not thought through, then by de- or not talked about, like in the past, then the customer's name by default goes in those boxes, and then they're on their own to drive the value out of whatever right. it is. And and that's yeah. not necessarily the the road to success, in my opinion.
0: That's a, that's a good point. Hey. Uh- We're going to start bringing this home in a a couple of minutes. and I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity because everybody on on these podcasts knows that I love stories um, and how we impact our partners by what we bring them, right? I mean, you and I have been around Cisco long enough to know that we bring a lot of new shiny objects to our partners, and sometimes they're not so cool, right? Uh, This one one is. Uh, So can you tell me a partner story about how we've integrated with a partner and has actually driven impact to their business impact, meaning, you know, they've driven more customer success or sales or their partner and services kind of, kind of helped me with that with, with, the story.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. So, you know, I've got a good example of a smaller partner that um, has embraced lifecycle selling, right? They're 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 using the tool for what it's worth, which is an easy button for documenting these three uh, conversations that I've talked about. They um they get the why, you know, the why that they should be showing up this way, and they've actually turned the selling motion into their differentiator. Like they're outselling their competition because they're showing up differently. So the the you know we always talk about a partner's unique value proposition and lots of times yeah. we get in the room and the first thing that partners talk about is well I got this many CCIEs or my differentiator is my partner but you and I know that every single partner says that those same things well this is exactly. actually really different They're, the the partners that show up this way with a life cycle selling mindset are actually acting differently because they really believe the why and because customers love it, when you combine it with that, they're actually outselling their competition. So the sales motion itself is the differentiator. Like, for example, they, they're centering on like, hey, I'm able to bring my customers to value X percent faster because I deliver in this way. My CX organization knows all this information before we even book a deal. There's no gap that gets created when we book to then have CX come in and pick up the pieces because we already know it.
0: Yeah. So that's awesome. Right. So we talk about the X factor, right? The X percent factor could be, you know, I'm more efficient. I'm driving more sales. I'm selling some of uh, my own brand. That X factor is big, but something else you said that really resonated was the ones that are being successful and are differentiating themselves. They believe in the why. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard you say a lot of stuff to me, Darren, in the last, 10, 12 years, but that's probably one of the best things you've said. They believe in the why. That's really
1: important. Yeah. Cause this is way more than just a tool, right? The DLSE. This is not about the tool. The, the, the why is look, my sales teams need to wake up every morning and not think about, Hey, what are the steps I need to take to get my customer to buy something? We need to shift that to waking up every morning and thinking about, what are the things I need to do to get my customers successfully meeting their outcomes by consuming the technology? Not just but it's not good enough anymore for customers to buy things. They need to use them and consume them and successfully meet their outcomes. That's awesome. I think we're going to kind of mic drop it there,
0: Darren, because that's a good way to kind of wrap it up because it is, it is it is all everything what we talk about focuses back on what happens with the customer. And what their outcomes are. Hey, Darren, thanks for joining us today. I think that uh, um, we'd love to have you come back uh, in, in the in the future at some point. Once we've got this new, you know, everything that was released at Impact a few months ago has been in place for a while, and tell us how it's going and give us an update of where we are. Because when we talk about the easy button of DLSC, and this is really making partners believe in the why. I mean that's pretty impactful for us, right? So thanks again for being a, a guest today, and I'll give you a couple of last words before I wrap
1: it up. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me. us with, and I'd love to come back and at uh, any time, Scott. Love to help out. Awesome, thanks, Darren. Well, thanks
0: everybody for listening to the latest episode of Partner Perspectives, where we talk about the really, really of CX partner success with our partners, with our industry experts, and of course our Cisco executives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.